Hi, my name is Nina Barango, and you're listening to the Business Mindset Podcast. This podcast exists to amplify the stories of Black entrepreneurs in Canada as we explore their journey and the story behind their businesses. Let's get started. Today on the pod, we have Leon Suave. Hello, hello. He's a DJ. <laughs> How's it going? How's your week? My week's been pretty packed. Oh, a lot of things been happening. Like what? Business or work? Business, okay. social, and also just helping people out, you know. Cool. Do you work full-time or is it business full-time? Um, business full-time. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Full-time. I work full-time. So, like, my week is, like, me trying to balance work, business, and social life. And relationships. Yeah. <laughs> <Welcome. Yeah. laughs> but tell me a bit about your business. Which one is your business? What is your business? So... I'm a DJ, full-time DJ. Um, it started off as a side thing, and then I just got more opportunities, and then I just transitioned from working to just being a DJ. And then I would say about two months ago, I actually opened up an event space business. Oh. Yeah, it's in a really nice location, Queen and Broadview, Riverside. Okay. Yeah, so it's very close to the beaches. So mm. it's away from Queen West. Everyone knows Queen West. That's true. Queen East is kind of still growing and getting more popular, so... Um, so tell me, what were you doing full-time before and why did you just decide to like make that switch to... What were you doing for work full-time and why did you just decide to make that switch to full-time business? So I was working... Um, I got to go a bit back, like um, back to like COVID. So before okay. COVID, I was traveling a lot and okay. then COVID happened, everything locked off. I stopped and then I just found like a job um, working retail again because okay. before that, I was working retail as a manager. Okay. Um, worked retail... Got a car, said, okay, I could do deliveries, do that. So I stopped working. Then eventually I said, you know what? No, I need more structure because some days you just wake up. I don't want to go out and like, you yeah. know, do that. So then I ended up getting like a full-time job at like a warehouse. I'm like, I just need 40 hours a week. Just like head down, disappear for a little bit and just yeah. work. Right. Um, and at that time, that's when I started DJing at the same time. So oh. I was DJing 10 to 2 a.m. and then going to work 5 a.m., 3 p.m. for like six months straight. And How was, are you doing that, though? Like I ask myself the same thing all the time. Because <laughs> looking back, I'm like, I had to be crazy to do it, you know? But I was focused. Was DJing always, like, something that you enjoyed doing? Was it, like, a passion of yours? How did you find DJing? I went broke partying. <laughs> Don't go broke partying! <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. so um, I, I was, once, like, everything opened up after COVID, I said, you know what? Let me go back outside. So I went to one party. Then I'm like, yo, what's going on tomorrow? And it just kept happening, right? And then I remember I was at one party one day. And I was looking at the DJs. I'm like, they're getting paid tonight. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're partying. They're vibing. You know, yeah. they're partying. I'm over here spending money on drinks. I'm like, I got to go to work tomorrow in the morning. I'm like, something has to change. Like, yeah. I got I to gotta learn how to do that. Yeah. You know? So I started just, I already had a controller. Okay. Um, then I started searching for people who could teach me how to DJ. Um, and then I found a teacher and then everything just became so much easier. So, oh, okay. So you weren't a self-taught DJ. Is um, it possible to be a self-taught? Yeah, yeah. Oh, def- okay, definitely. Okay. This is definitely um, possible to be self-taught. Okay. Um, but I would say it's just better to find someone to like show you the one-twos because yeah. before when I was trying to learn on my own, I would just get discouraged and put it away. Yeah. But the moment um, like I took some classes, like I was just showing, okay, this is how you mix. This is like, what is typical in like these type of parties, this type of genres. Then I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Oh, this is like 
how to mix and make it sound good, like, you know, um, harmonically and all these, mm-hmm. these small little things. Like, you mm-hmm. wouldn't pick it up unless you're really, like, going on YouTube and searching some crazy That's stuff. That's right. You know? So it really opened the door for me quickly. Okay. So <laughs> at what point did you realize, hey, I could actually do this for business and, like, this could, like, take me out of the... Like, you know, whenever, like, whenever, for me, whenever I think of an idea and I'm always like, damn, this could take me out of the hood. Like, this could be, like, my <laughs> next big thing. And then I would just, like... So did you did you ever have that moment while you were like learning or while you even started doing it as a side hustle? Um yeah, because I started realizing okay, there's this one time I was at um Caruza, um, which was one of like the biggest parties in Toronto. Okay. And I remember I just went outside, um, just to, like chill, just catch a breather. And then there was like an, another event happening just like next door. Um, and I heard people speaking Portuguese. So I speak Portuguese. So I'm like, oh, oh what's going on over there? Went over there, started talking, and then eventually I met um the person who was running it and they brought me inside. And when I seen how packed the room was and they mm. told me how much like they sold tickets for, I'm like, y'all making bank. Like this one night, y'all making over 10K. Just like calm, like before even getting into drinks and other stuff. So I was like, okay, there's money to be made as a mm-hmm. DJ. So I was like, mm, maybe. Wait, does the DJ get a cut out of the 10K? Or it how depends. does that work? So if it's the DJs who are throwing the party, right? Mm. Then you have more chances of making money. But if you're a thing, you're getting booked as a DJ, depending on what your rate is, how popular you are, then that's where the money is. Um, but yeah. Do you feel like, okay, so after, so when you went to that party, you were like, okay, I can like make big bucks out of this, right? But do you feel like a lot of people don't take DJing? When you think, when you think of a business, they think, okay, you have a, you have a store, you have like, you're selling something, you know? Do you feel like a lot of people don't take DJing as a business? And so like, it's a challenge for you to grow your business as a DJ. Did you get what I'm trying to say? Um, I feel like a lot of people look at it as, oh, you're just a DJ. Mm-hmm. Right, they're they're not looking at how much potential there really is. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest potential I find is DJs who have their own music. Oh. Right, those are the DJs who are really bringing in the money. Right, the top DJs in the world, all of them have their own music. Whereas there's a lot of people who just start DJing, and you're only ever DJing other people's music. Right, that can get you as you can still go far, but you're gonna be known as someone who's like just skilled at it. Rather than, like, hey, your name lives on past, like, what you're doing in that present moment, you know? Um, but I, don't okay. know, I don't know if I answered the question. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're like, let's take, a, let, let's take a step back. Because you mm. also mentioned that you're an artist. You were an artist yes. at some point. I don't yeah. know if you're still an artist. Yes. Right. Okay. So did that, like, because you're saying, like, a lot of DJs, like, they're able to take their business far when they have their own music. So, mm. like, did that sort of give you that boost to be like, okay, I have my own music. I've made music before. Mm. I can now use that in my DJing and like... Oh, 100%. Okay, okay. 100%. Tell, me, tell me more. <laughs> so um, prior to DJing, um, I mainly just produced for other artists. Okay. Um, I did dabble into making my own music, um, but I didn't fully like submerge myself in that. I kind of was like half-stepped into it. Um, and... One thing that I like about DJing now is that it gave me the confidence to be in front of people and performing in front of people. Mm. Before, when I was like, I, when I was singing on stages and stuff like that, it was, there was a lot of like, I don't know, like, this, yes. you know, like how can I like, yeah. But DJing is like, yo, I don't need to be actually like singing. Like I could just already have everything like made, done, mixed, mastered. Now yeah. I'm spinning it. Yeah. You know, if it catches fire, boom. <laughs> Now also, I don't have to be doing one spinning. Someone yes. else is going to be spinning it. So it gave me that confidence to like say, yo, this goes hand in hand. 
you know, so. So you you started DJing after right after COVID or in COVID? I would say um, just last year. So last summer. Last summer. Mid, I feel mid like, last summer. I feel like a lot of people like COVID like give them that push to yeah. like just start it. Yeah. Um, and, and okay, so you started DJing last summer. Just two months ago, you opened your event space. How's that going, by the way? The event space, it's going. It's <laughs> it's it's still growing. Okay. Um, and we're still getting it populated. Okay. Um, right now, I would say we're still really trying to define what it is. Because mm. when we started, we kind of just like went into it and just like jumped off the mountain, like, you know, started building our wings as we're like falling down. I know that adrenaline, like yeah, when it comes yeah. to like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a roller coaster, but it's okay. it's been um, a life-changing experience. It's forcing me to kind of get out of my comfort zone and just mm. grow. What's different for you running this business? Because it's a business, right? Mm. What's different for you running this business versus running your DJing business? Rent. Rent. <laughs> <laughs> it's that anchor above your head. That's you know? true. That's yeah. true. So overhead costs are higher, like, but profit margins, like how, how is that compared to? In an ideal world, profit margins are really high, especially when you break it down like daily. Mm-hmm. And you see like, okay, if I was to make this much on a daily basis, like, ooh. Rent is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of getting it populated, mainly like from Monday to Thursday. Because the weekend, like, always packed. Okay. Like, during the week, when people are working, that's, that's when true. it's like, okay, how do I fill those that's spaces true. up? Yeah. So, you, you were saying that it's it's hard for you or hard for people to define what it is. Like, how would you want people to define what your event space is? Like, when people think about getting an event space, why would they choose yours? Then? Mm. Um, well, the thing that I've always felt was lacking um, in the spaces that I was going to was one place that were black owned mm-hmm. um, and also places that were just like a creative hub where mm. you can just go and meet other creatives and just work on your like do whatever it is that you're doing um, and also just like that lounge vibe you know like mm. everyone in the city not everyone but a lot of places in the city are like party 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 turn up bottle service there's not much going on when it comes to like the lounge scene, mm-hmm. you know, specifically black-owned lounge scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even speaking about shisha spots because there's so <laughs> many of those. I was just about to say, right. like, That's if, when I'm thinking lounge, I'm thinking shisha. Right. I'm thinking, and now you have to even get a bottle for some lounges. Like, right. you have to get a bottle to even just chill, right? right. So, Because I'm guessing they're trying to, like, um, um, overcompensate for the rent or like offset that cost, yeah. right? So, okay, so that was that's that's why you you want like people to feel like they can come here, they can be creative, it can be a hub, mm-hmm. and they can also just chill if they want to, right. right? So, okay, so far, what kind of like what are, what is your biggest challenge so far running that space? Um, the biggest challenge I would say, um, hmm, it really comes down to. Because I'm not used to this world, oh, right? Okay. So I'm still coming from a place where I'm very spontaneous and mm. like, oh, this is pop. I, boom, I can do that. But this world is like, no, you got to be on yes. your P's and Q's, plan yes. everything out, reach out to everyone early. Yes. So it's that that transition that's been like the hardest for me. Um, but I have no other choice but to grow. So <laughs> <laughs> it's only up from here, and that's what I love because it's like. You're, you, when you start something that like you're like okay I want to do this you have to like keep it moving because like I mentioned yeah. like that adrenaline at the beginning is like oh my god I could do this I could do this. and then you get into the thick of things it's right. like wait a second <laughs> like this is all different and then you have to like keep going and, and that's why a lot of people ask like what's your inspiration behind doing this mm-hmm. because that's really what's gonna keep you going so what like apart from like okay you have to go up from here right and and like 
you know, trying to be build a successful event space and have a successful DJing business. Is that what it's called, DJing business? Or is it called something else? It's like a, I look at it as like an artist business. Artist business. Yeah, okay. I'm like an artist DJ. That's yeah, true. Yeah. That's facts. <laughs> but um, what else, like, what what other mistakes have you made, like, in, like, starting these businesses and growing them? Um, For both, I would say going into it without fully planning. Like, I know you can't always plan, like, mm. everything and it's going to go that way, but... I feel like I definitely couldn't have planned uh, a lot more uh, ahead of time mm-hmm. um, rather than sticking to like my spontaneous ways of like, I'm here now, what's up, what's popping, da 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 Like, you know, it's like you need to like cover all your tracks. And a lot of times, like when you look at big businesses or even just for example, like record labels, when they're pushing an artist, like they have a whole team for the artist, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is covered, whether it's like a work visa to go here or like, Everything's covered. Mm-hmm. As an independent person, like you really have to do your due diligence to get everything situated. And I kind of overlooked that. And I'm like, mm, I can kind of still flow, save so much headaches if you oh, just yeah? do everything beforehand. Oh, but don't you find that like, because for me, I'm, I'm sort of similar where it's like when I think about an idea and I figure out like maybe one or two things in there, I want to just go because mm-hmm. the moment I start like overthinking, over planning, I'm like, oh, I want to prepare for like, even with my business, Soul Plug, like I was just like, let's just launch. Right, like, right. Because the more I think about it, I would start getting overwhelmed with like the cost, you know, I so see. how, how do you mitigate against like, I think I call it analysis paralysis where mm-hmm. it's like you're just overthinking stuff up to the point where you don't actually act, yeah. right? Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Soulblocked, an online directory of Black-owned businesses in Canada. We also work with entrepreneurs to improve their digital presence with custom-made websites, social media advertising, and product photography. To learn more about Soulplug or to list your Black-owned business for free, visit www.soulplug.com. That's happened to me before, um, mainly when I was focused just on the artist side of things, mm. that's when I had an- an- analysis paralysis. Yeah, it's a tongue yeah. twister. <laughs> yeah. That's that's when I had it because I was like, oh, is this song going to hit? Like, okay, what if I have to add this? Da, 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 da. Um, when it came to DJ, it's like, you just, I just had to go because even like my first gig, I remember I didn't really plan out my set. I didn't really plan out anything. I just downloaded a bunch of music, pulled up to the spot. I didn't have any hot cues. I just like started spinning and then people enjoyed it. Oh. Um, so I'm able to like do it which is a pro and con because the pro side is like, great. Like you're able to just do it on the yes. side. The con side is, oh, I could do that. I'll do it again next time. So you, don't next- so you don't plan, right? Mm. That's, that's like the biggest con of that side. But um, yeah. What has been the best part? Because we've talked about like the challenges, yeah. talked about the mistakes. Is it, is, it's feeling a bit down in here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the part that you were like, okay, like I've gone to this, well, like, Basically, what's, what has been your biggest milestone so far mm, okay. in, in both businesses that has, like, propelled you to be like, okay, I'm going to double that, like, go harder? I would say um, for the DJing side, um, I remember, um, I'll, give, I'll give us a little story. So my first gig was at this spot called La Canita. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was, like, months before I had my gig. I was walking by. I forgot why I walked in. Um, but I seen a DJ controller. And then I just inquired, I'm like, do you guys have DJs? And I was like, yeah, we do. Not at the moment, though. We'll hit you up or like, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I spent at this place, apartment 200. And I was straight up lying. <laughs> I, like, I never spun anywhere in my life, right? But I said all these different spots that I spun at. Mm-hmm. And then in the following weeks, I actually started getting gigs in these spots. So I was like, whoa, 
okay. manifesting. Yeah, like, and that changed like my my perspective of things. Like, you may think like, oh, that's so far. Like, maybe in two years I'll get there. It's like, nah, maybe like in a month you get there. Um, as for the events-based business, one thing that I enjoyed the most that really pushed me to like go at it more. Um, I always wanted to like help facilitate or grow a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did just that. Like the first month we did um, this event called Neighbors. Um, and the event that we did, it was um, a closet sale and also open decks for DJs. Mm-hmm. And that whole month, we did it every single week. We just seen like a bunch of different DJs coming together and meeting each other and just like growing. And now I see them like out at different events and I'm like, yo, you see like y'all met there and like y'all growing. Like it's just, it was just beautiful seeing people grow together, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. I love that. Um, So I know a lot of people like, again, like COVID really pushed a lot of people to be like, maybe I should finally start, you know, trying out this thing I've been loving so far. Mm. I know for me, definitely pushed me because I, I got to work from home. So then now I can focus on my business more, you know, put more effort. What would you say to somebody that's looking to start um, DJing for like either full time or as a side hustle? Like, mm. what would you say to them that you wish someone had told you when you started? Um, I would say don't stress about the small mistakes you make while DJing. What kind of mistakes? Like, first of all, actually, actually, while we're on the topic, you know what I hate the most about DJs? What? Especially when I'm in the club, I'm getting turned. I'm like, we're getting to the chorus of a song. Let's say, oh, I can't song. I know where it's we're going. getting to the chorus. And then they do that weird, funky thing where it's like, do, 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 do. And then, then I'm, I'm just like, excuse me, right. like, who asked you to move? Like, yeah. why? Do, is, that, is that one of the mistakes you're talking about? No. They should I definitely, definitely, definitely stop. Not. Definitely that that needs to stop. Yeah. No, like I always make sure that people sing the chorus in full. Yes. You got you got to like it's the climax of the song. You can't you can't just. If there's a part in the song that I know, it's the chorus. Exactly. Why are you Why are you stopping? (laughs) And then they move on to the beginning of Of another another song, song. and I'm like, it kills the vibe. And at, at that point, you know, I just sit down. I'm like, I want this DJ to know that I'm not having a good time. So I sit down. Like, you know, so sorry. To no, 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 it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I'll say like the small mistakes I'm speaking of are like um, very like minor things that the, the crowd doesn't even notice a lot of times. Mm. Like, for example, if I'm like transitioning out of a song and the effects didn't like sound the way I wanted it to. Mm. A lot of times the crowd is like... They're on to the next song. They're happy. Like, yeah. okay, like, you know? They're drunk. And, and ex- exactly, <laughs> right? And I'm over there beating myself up for, like, the next two songs. Like, oh, damn, that was so messed up. It's like, yeah. let it go. Just, just be free and just, like, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing I would say is enjoy it. Enjoy it, eh? Yeah, because because I started DJing um, very frequently, like, a lot of restaurants and bars, I got very complacent with, like, how I felt when I was DJing. It was like, okay, this is kind of, like... Same thing, before. same routine. Yeah. Okay, I'm here. Uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And I started losing the love for it very quickly. Like only like four or five months in, I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Uh, yeah, because I wasn't doing a lot of parties, right? Oh, when you do parties, you get true. that that immediate like you know um, reaction from the crowd. But restaurants, like, there's people just eating. You know what? Though I was at a restaurant before, and we're having. I think it was Valentine's Day. We we're having like me and my, me and my man. We we're having like dinner, and then the DJ came and he starts playing like Afrobeats. Best believe, I put on my I put on my cutlery and I went to the dance floor because I'm like, excuse me, like yeah. this, and I, I think he was slightly embarrassed, but like at this point, there's nothing he can do. 
And then like an older couple joined me. Like, hey. and then like the restaurant got lit. Like yes. in that moment, I was just like, you know what? I'm having the time of my life. I don't always want to have to go to a club right. or a lounge. Sometimes I just want to eat, dance, have fun, have a good time. But I feel like maybe DJs are just like, ah, oh, they're eating. So, you know, or maybe nobody. And, and I think the DJ was shocked daddy because it was like, yeah. Oh, you guys are dancing, dancing. And then he started like putting more hits, and yep. then and then like you know. But like at first, he was playing all of this vanilla music, and I was just like, <laughs> I find I do that a lot. Like I have to test the waters when I'm spinning at restaurants and bars. I have to be okay. Let me play some Afrobeats. Okay. Look around. No, no one's moving here. Okay. Let me put some R&B. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I got one person. Yeah. Oh, I'm giving you all my energy. <laughs> yeah. Know, that, that's exactly how it is. Oh, I, I had a great time that day because I feel like the DJ like saw me and like we were just like, you know, like and sometimes I would even like, you know, when you go to like uns uns parties and yeah. then they're just like trying to play some like Taylor Swift or something. And then I'm like, play Afrobeats. And I would like put it on my notes app and I'm like, play Afrobeats, you know, and then like the DJ will like, OK, I have somebody in the crowd that is like bumping and then. It's just me and the DJ all night, just going back and forth. So I feel you, though. Yeah, energy. <laughs> but, okay, what about someone looking to get into the event space? Because you know what I found is people are doing, like, people are just, like, popping up and being like, oh, I have a I have an event space, come rent. But, like, it doesn't have that feeling of, like, like you said, it's not black owned. So this person probably doesn't even understand what kind of, what you're trying to, like, do here. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's not that community feeling because they have all these rules. They have all this stuff that doesn't really, like, gel with what you're trying to create. So... How would you advise someone that's trying to get into that space? It's like, oh, I want to, like, rent an event space. Because, like, those people will be eating. Like, there is money to be made in the event space, in the lounge space, like you mentioned. Like, how would you, what would you say to someone that's trying to start that? Um, First, like, what are your intentions of doing it? Mm -hmm. Um, Because for me, originally, like, it kind of just came up um, randomly. I just, like, called a friendly sign, went, seen it. I'm like, wow. My mind started racing on all the possibilities for it. Um, Wait, so it wasn't like planned, like I want to own this? Nope. Okay, so you just like stumbled upon this. I told you I was spontaneous. How did we miss this? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you just like stumbled onto like Queen's West, you said? It's Queen East. Queen East. Yeah. And you were like, this is a great space. I could do something with it. So it was in the same area um, of where like La Carnita is. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think at the time I was going to another gig. Okay. Um, I was driving by and then like, Streetcars downtown, they just take up so much space. So I was stuck behind this one streetcar. I'm like, okay, it's a red light, whatever, I'll wait. And I just turned yeah. to the left and I seen a for lease sign. And I'm like, what is that about? So oh. Called, set up a meeting. I'm not, I'm not going. And then the next day, I'm like, why not? Let me just go and see. <laughs> um, and then seeing the space, like, once I walked in, I was just like, whoa. Oh. I'm like, this can happen in here, this can happen here, this mm-hmm, can happen mm-hmm. here. And I'm like, this is perfect. Um, funny enough, like the year prior, um, so my church does this thing where like, we write, um, at the beginning of the year, we write a list of all the things we want to, like, God to help us accomplish. Mm-hmm. And one of the things on that list was to own a space. Oh. And like, truth be told, I forgot about that list. Um, I'd only like seen it again after I signed the lease. So when I went back home, I was cleaning my room or something, and then I seen it, I'm like, own a space. I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, it, did, it, didn't, it didn't happen that yeah, year, but it but still it ended happened. up happening, you yeah. know? Everything God's timing. But um, to go back to what you're saying uh, or asking, um, I would say, what is your intention of owning a space? And, like, wh- why do you really want it? Mm-hmm. You know? Because for me, like, the deep-rooted intention was to help build communities. Okay. And space is, like, doing just that, so. I love that. 
Um, I wanted to go back to something you said because um, when when you're just like going to lease spaces, like the issue of money comes up. Do I have enough money to cover this? Because like like I said, there's that adrenaline when you see when you saw the space, you were like, oh, I can mm. do so much with it. Like, mm. did you have you ever had a moment when you wanted to pursue an idea or a goal or something for your business and you were like. I'm too broke to fund this right now. Like, <laughs> cause I have, like, I have, even this podcast, I was like, I'm too broke to fund this. What am I talking about? Mm. And then like, thankfully, like my friend Joshua, who's also like our sound engineer, he was like, me not chill. <laughs> you can potentially do this. So you just have to like, so actually I don't want to leave you, but like, have you ever had that moment where it's like, I really want to do something. I have, I have the right intentions. I really want to do this for my business or start a new business, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the money to fund it. Yes, 100%. Um, like, even um, the space right now, it's not at the place where, like, we wanted it to be mm-hmm. um, because of the lack of funds. Okay. So we kind of just had to, like, change a little bit to kind of, like, get it just up and running um, and then eventually build up to the place where we want we want it to be. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I definitely relate with that a lot. Has it ever stopped you from starting something, though? In the past, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, definitely has. What did you do in that moment? Like, Um, I just had to, like, you know, say, hey, maybe it's not the time. Maybe in the future and just hold hold the L. You didn't go into debt trying to, like... Nah, it's like, (laughs) I'd rather just save myself than, like, you know, than go into debt. And then it's like, now what? I'm even in a worse position because I was was forcing it, right? Yeah, it's so funny because like, and I think this kind of segues into another topic, but it's so funny because at the time I wasn't separating my personal and business finances. So mm. I always felt like, you know what, we'll fund it with our, like my personal credit card. Right? right. And I started very like, because I've started like variations of like subsects of my business. Like I was like, okay, let's do merch and like, we're going to drop ship it and all of that. But like sometimes you have some upfront costs. And because I wasn't separating that, I just like, yeah, I'll pay for it. And I'll, I'll get the money back when someone buys it. But like, mm. Ever since I started separating them, I'm like, actually, this is what my business has. Mm. And this is what I have. Like, I don't have any money to add to what my business has to fund this idea. So I'm just going to, like, put it on on the back burner. And that helped me change my mindset a lot because I was always like, I mean, if if someone buys from me, the money is going to go back to my personal bank account. So I'm going to use it to pay off my credit card. But then... It was getting really muddy. It was getting really expensive. And I wasn't realizing it until I was like, actually, actually. Let's separate this right. so I can like shop <laughs> with my credit card and like have my business stuff. Did, did you have something like that? Or were you always like from the beginning, everything was separate? Um, for the DJing side, definitely. It, it was originally when I was working. So mm-hmm. I was working and DJing. It was separated. Um, the moment I went full time into DJing, that's when it got messy because, like, now it's like, okay, I'm full time in DJ. Mm-hmm. All this money's coming in. It's like, okay, bills, like you know, like travel expenses, this expenses, like it. It got yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, I got very ugly. Um, for the event space business, it was a bit of both. Like originally, it was like, okay, like business money, and then it's it kind of. I always make sure to like pay myself out of the business yeah, account because yeah. I'm like, let me pay my staff, and I'm the only staff, so <laughs> I'm just like separating because I'm I'm gonna tell you like when money comes into the business is usually when you need it in your personal life, and then you're just like, let me just like put the money here, <laughs> and but then you you don't have a clear picture as mm-hmm. to like how much money you're making, right? If you're making any, 
what your costs are. And and I think that's like something that people that are looking to start their business really mm. need to know that. I know it sounds redundant when they're like separate your business finances and they're like, oh, I'm a sole proprietor. Like I don't need to, but it gives you clarity and it lets you know that like, okay, this is how much my business made this month. This is how much. And funny thing is, I don't have any Excel sheets, but I, I'm just able to see clearly my mm. bank statement. Like right. this is what we've made. This is what we spent. This is what's left, if mm-hmm. any, you know. So, anyways, it's actually been great chatting with you. Do you have any other thing you want to say to people where they can find you? Do you have yeah, any upcoming yeah. events in your space? Any parties you're DJing at? Plug um, us. Yeah, so you can find me at Leon, L E O N, period, Suave, S U A V E. Okay. Um, tonight I'm spinning at the Shangri La Hotel. Ooh. It's going to be nice. I love that. Uh, yeah. Good, good energy. I'm okay. happy to like you know be giving them my energy. Yeah, so some some uh, I'm gonna be spending a lot of like um, Afro House. Okay. Um, I, don't, that? I don't know if they they spend that, but it's downtown. Okay. Somewhere. Some <laughs> just put Afro House. I'm giving them the Afro House vibe tonight. Okay. Um, make sure they feel the grooves. You know. Okay. Um, events or parties in my space. At the moment, nothing's gonna be popping off. Um, okay. We're kind of like going away from like parties. And really focusing on more so like lounge events, social events, mixers, like art galleries, um, things for people to actually socialize more than just like, you know, party. Maybe we'll host like a networking event. That'd be, that'd be mad dope. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really nice, especially with the mirrors and everything. Oh, you know what? I saw the space on your Instagram story and I was like, this is a nice space. Like we had already had our event and I thought that was going to be our only event of the year. But now I'm going to more events and I'm like, I want to do another one. But Book with us. Look out, look out. It could be. <laughs> I've been applying for a lot of funding for my business as well. So I'm hoping to get that. And then um, do like another like summer mixer. Something for entrepreneurs to really come together. Mm. Network, learn, get to know each other, have fun. And okay. I'm sorry. I, th- I think I cut you off while you were talking about um, Yeah. Um, next spot that I'm spinning at. I don't have any... Um, Parties that are going to be happening as of yet. Pro- uh-huh. I'm probably going to get one like once I leave here. Someone's You're always booked and busy yeah, though. Like, like, things is always like. Co- yeah, like, I love me, that. So. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's nice. It's been great having you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Business Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends and fellow entrepreneurs. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at TBM underscore pod. Once again, I am your host, Nina Barango, and I'll see you next Monday.